if you stay silent about racism, there's a piece of you that agrees with what is going on. Silence is compliant. I hope that these protests is what far change. I hope we get to a place as a nation where we don't have to say Black Lives Matter anymore. This is the Other Side of Adversity podcast, inspiring stories to fill your cup. I'm your host, Laura Massey, and welcome to the show. Today, we're speaking with Shalise Green. Shalise is a college student majoring in psychology at San Diego Mesa College with the goal of becoming a marriage and family therapist. Shalise shares her story of what it was like growing up black in America and her thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement and what we can do to help. Today, I'm pleased to welcome to the show, Shalise Green. Thank you so much for being here. So tell our listeners a little about your background and where you're from. I was born and raised in San Diego, California. I am the third of five kids from just my mom, but my dad does have 15 kids. So I do have a large family. I mean, I believe that that's what also is pushing me towards becoming a marriage and family therapist because there's just patterns in my family that I don't want repeated onto my kids. And so that's why I chose to go back to school for psychology. I just feel like I have a calling to help people and to like make a difference by speaking about my own experiences. And what was your experience growing up Black in America? I don't think I really realized racism existed until I was about in fourth grade. I remember that was the first time I got called the N-word by somebody, and it was traumatizing. That was the first time that I actually had got called something offensive like that. Just, as a child, what do you really do? Like you get angry, but it's, you can't really fight. But at the same time, like it's speaking up enough. And was there any obstacle or adversity that you had to face? Um, you know, growing up, I I never did see a healthy relationship between both of my parents. They never did get married, and they split shortly after I was born. There were times where I didn't see my dad a lot because he was, you know, gangbanging and going to jail and you know making up the families, but. I am grateful now to this day that, you know, he is more active in my life. You know, we don't have that perfect relationship that I feel like a daughter and a dad need, but I'm grateful for what we do have because some people don't have dads at all or they don't have a relationship with their dad. Um, And as far as my mom, she's always been supportive of me and everything that I've done. She's always been like that backbone for me. And she always like inspires me to do better and she pushes me to do better without being too judgmental at the same time. Like, she lets me know that it's okay to be me. And did you mention you spent some time in a homeless shelter? You know, my mom, as much as, like, she wanted to be superwoman all the time, she wasn't able to. And so we did fall on hard times. And for about a year or so, we lived in a homeless shelter, but did make it out of that situation. You know, like, for me, there's just certain things that I feel like you go through, that mold you as a person, you know, and it just gives you a different perspective on things in life. So what did you take away from that experience? I definitely learned how to be humble. You know, your situation can change in a, you know, snap of a finger, blink of an eye. How important it is to have people in your life who understand you, who allow you to have a voice, who inspire you to be better and to do better. You know, during those times, those were the times I leaned, you know, on my family the most. 
And those are the times I'm looking back that I'm grateful to have the family unit that I do have. It's not perfect by any means, but I'm glad that, you know, in times where we do need to come together, we're able to do so, to be there for one another. Thank you for sharing. And do you think your father had a fair shot at life or was a product of systemic racism? I think my dad, I think my dad's upbringing did have a little bit to do with as to why he did choose to run the streets because he didn't have much. He was really underprivileged. Like he lived in the hood, you know? So it's like, if you wasn't stealing or robbing somebody, you wasn't going to eat. And it's sad to say that because I don't believe in that, but I also understand now that he is older and able to provide for himself, that's what he does. And he tries to steer everyone else from doing what he did. He said at the time that he felt like he had to do those things in order to make it another day, to survive another day. And what's it like being a Black person in America today? It's surreal. It's like you have, on the one hand, people who have been fighting the same battle for the last 30, 40, 60 years or however old they are. And then you have new age people as well of all colors who were taught to be tolerant of people of other skin colors and other walks of life. For me, I'm glad, I'm happy that I see so many non-Black people rallying for us. I feel like it just shows that we have kind of progressed as a nation. We're not all the way there, and I do still believe that we have a long, long way to go. But I feel like compared to, you know, back in the civil rights movement, you know, Martin Luther King, I feel like that was mostly people of color. There was one um, man who rode with the Freedom Riders who was not African-American, who was brutalized by the police as well just for standing with them. But I feel like right now is a better time than ever to stand in solidarity with people of color or minorities because I'm happy that more people are being open-minded and are learning. What we're seeing or what people are making it to be right now is a black and a white issue. And I just think it's just a human rights issue in general and a police brutality issue. So let's talk about exactly what's going on right now, because a lot of people really don't know the full story. So let's start with what events led up to this. We can go back as far as 1992 with the Rodney King riots, or we can look as not that far back at Tamir Rice and Philando Castile. There's just so many people that have, you know, been brutalized by the police as of late that I think is just a culmination of anger, of like pain, just suffering that it's led to this because we have not had justice in any of those cases. A lot of those police officers walked away with no charges. Most of them were not charged at all. You know, if they did go to court, like I said, they were not charged. They did not have any jail time, anything. So it's just like, we're upset that this is the same narrative over and over again. Like we know how the story ends and we're asking for the ending to be rewritten. And it really goes back further, like all the way to to slavery, really. And as far as like, you know, the brown paper bag test, that was even a way of trying to separate the Black people amongst themselves. Basically, you have the brown paper bag test, which is like, if you were lighter than that brown paper bag, you were looked at as beautiful or better than, so you had the house, you know, you were in the house away from the sun. But if you were darker than that bag, you were outside, you know, doing the hard work, you know, not being recognized as much as like, you know, the house slave was. Not saying like the house slave had any more power than the one outside, but they were recognized a little bit 
more, and they were treated with a little bit more respect. It's like you had the ones who were out in the field upset with the ones in the house, the way of further dividing us. So tell me about Black Wall Street. So Black Wall Street was basically just a culmination of restaurants, eateries, and businesses owned by African-Americans in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that was bombed down by racists. It was destroyed. There's so much back and forth. You know, when people say Black Lives Matter, like, what does it mean to you when you hear people say all lives matter? The whole point of the Black Lives Matter movement is just to bring awareness and attention and to try to get justice for people of color or other minorities who are senselessly brutalized by the police on a daily basis. And so I feel like when you're saying all lives matter, it's accrediting the fact that we know everybody is important. We're all taught in school to be respectful, treat other people how you want to be treated. But we're saying, when we're saying Black Lives Matter, we're saying we're not being treated how we should be treating other people. How is all of this affecting children right now? Children whose parents are not telling them exactly what's going on or who don't know exactly what's going on. They just see people marching through the streets or on the TV or they hear, you know, the helicopters or they hear the police or the ambulance. They're more than likely scared. We fear what we do not know. So I feel like the best thing that we can do for children at this time is to educate them. And I believe that this can start as young as two years old. If your child can understand words or, you know, they can speak a little bit, you know, there's, there's always a way that you can break something down to them that they can understand to their age level. Because if you think about it, that's what education, you know, education does that for us. In kindergarten, we're not learning trigonometry. We can do the same thing as far as educating children. You know, break it down to where you know your child can understand and go from there. And then maybe ask them, like, okay, you know, conversations are like, what do you know about what's going on? Or are you afraid? You know, ask them how they feel or what they know. And then just go from there. And how do you believe parents should discuss race with their children? Malcolm X's daughter wrote Malcolm Little, the boy who grew up to become Malcolm X. There's also a book called Not My Idea, a book about whiteness. Basically, that book is about a white child who sees a police kill an unarmed black man, and it just helps discuss racism and police brutality, but from a white perspective or, you know, from a perspective other than a person of color. There's also the A for Activist by Inosanto Nagara. It's an ABC book that teaches you about social injustice and fighting for civil rights. Disney Channel does also have a movie called The Color of Friendship. It did come out when I was a child, but I still believe that that movie is very relevant and valid to this day. So where do we go from here? I feel like we continue to educate because for me, like there are different avenues of, you know, being an activist or speaking out against, you know, racial injustice. And for me, my avenue is education, speaking up and counseling, listening to people's stories. So for me, that is where I'm trying to go. I want to connect with more people who share the same ideas that I do or who want to advocate in the same way that I want to advocate and go about change, try to go about change that way. You know, um, as America as a whole needs to go out and vote. We need, you know, donate to bail funds, sign petitions. The best thing you can do as well is to educate yourself. And if you want to donate, you can go to blacklivesmatter.com, N-A-C-C-P-L-D-F.org thelovefoundation.org and if you want to vote go to vote.org so what else can people do for racial justice 
we have to stop being afraid to correct people when they're wrong. I feel like that's what stops a lot of people from speaking out as well, you know, myself included, because you don't want to face that backlash or you don't want to get into an argument with somebody or, you know, you don't want to get into a scuffle. So I feel like that's what is stopping a lot of people from speaking up. But we are in a time where you have so many people from so many different walks of life speaking up. I promise you, you are not alone. So don't feel like you are alone when you, you know, post on your social media or if you decide to take part in the process, don't feel like you're alone because there are so many people out there with you, whether, you know, you realize it or not. You know, you talked a little bit about like why people don't speak up. But what does it really mean if you stay silent about racism? I feel like if you if you stay silent about racism, I feel like there's a piece of you that agrees with what is going on. Unless you really are that afraid to speak out, I feel like you agree with it because silence is compliance. You know, why else wouldn't you speak up against it? Like I said, there's so many people already speaking out. As your voice to the many voices that are already out there speaking out. You understand, I don't see, I don't understand, you know, why somebody would choose not to speak out unless they agreed with what was going on. You know, it's interesting, one of my friends on Facebook, someone I went to high school with, posted the other day that the world has been crying out for equality and change, yet some of you are still silent. I thank you for showing me your true colors. And that really hit home for me you know, a lot of times we don't know what to say, but what does it mean to you when friends post something and granted you can post something, you can donate privately, you don't have to post on social media, but what does it mean to you when you see someone stand up and protest or just something as simple as posting on social media? So, like, I'm in San Diego. I live in downtown. They were actually protesting yesterday up in, like, down my street to get to, I believe, the police station. And I've seen a few of my friends, and it just made me feel really good. Like, I'm not usually a vocal person. You know what I mean? I'm, like, more reserved and shy. But just something in me just felt that, like, I just started screaming at them, like, you know, thank you for being out here. Thank you for using your voice positively. Thank you for being an activist. Thank you for walking. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. Just thank you. And it's like, I've seen, you know, a handful of my friends. It's like, each time I've seen somebody, it just, like, made me feel better. Just, like, to know I have allies of different races. Not to say that I didn't know that before, but it just really puts it into perspective to you how much this matters. To your friends, you know what I mean? How much you matter or, or how much, you know, minorities or this issue, police brutality matters to your friends. It is, it's amazing even standing solidarity like that because it's like, you, you know, like they really are down for the cause. And would you say we've seen any change off the back of these protests? This whole thing started because of police brutality. Now, not only are you brutalizing people of color or Black people, you're brutalizing the media, you're brutalizing homeless people, you're brutalizing the, the mayors, all of that. Everybody's under attack right now. There's like, you're not safe. You're just, you're not safe. So I don't feel like really nothing has changed. So what is your hope for these protests? I hope that these protests is what sparked change. I know that they rewrote some laws for the police. Hopefully you know, these little seeds of change grow into trees of change and we don't have to feel like we need to say Black Lives Matter anymore. Because right now I feel like we do. But I'm, I hope we get to a place as a nation where we don't have to say that anymore. We need major reform everywhere. 
in the education system, policing, because you cannot be a lifeguard if you're a racist. You cannot be a teacher if you're a racist. There's a certain positions, period, where you cannot be a racist and succeed. So I watched the movie Just Mercy the other night. First of all, very, very powerful movie. Highly recommend it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Warner Brothers are making it free for the month of June. I know it's free on Amazon or whatever streaming device you have. But what other books or movies would you recommend people watch? For me, when I was growing up, I think I was about 11 years old, I read The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. And when I hit high school, I think I was a freshman, I read I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Those are two powerful books. And it, it just gives you a perspective on, you know, the Black woman and how the Black woman perceives herself and how the Black woman is treated and how the social structures limit the Black woman in those stories. I have a hard time watching certain films that are very graphic. That could have been my dad or my grandpa, my brother. So it, just, it feels a little bit more personal for me. There are certain shows that I have not seen. But for me, 13th by Ava DuVernay on Netflix is a good miniseries. When They See Us, about the Central Park Five, is really good. It is really powerful. Those, that is one of the series that you're going to have to take a step away from most, at least two or more times because it is really heartbreaking. It's gut-wrenching and it's traumatizing. But it's like at the end of the day, you need to know the story of those boys. You cannot go through your life and not know the injustice that they went through. History has been, you know, it's known that it's whitewashed and watered down. The only way you're going to learn is if you educate yourself outside of the classroom. That is what we need to be talking about more. Racial injustices, police brutality, social issues in general. I feel like needs to be talked about more in school instead of just brushed over. I don't feel like we spend enough time learning about historical figures or events that so that you can see these patterns you know what I mean and you can educate other people and you hopefully can be a catalyst for change as well so any other final thoughts I just want to leave you with some words that some victims of police brutality said as their last words so we have I can't breathe by George Floyd and Eric Gardner you promised you wouldn't kill me Natasha McKenna, I don't want to die young. Christian Taylor, I don't have a gun. Stop shooting. Michael Brown. That's powerful. Imagine those being your last words, the last thing you ever said. When you die at the hands of an officer, these are traumatizing words. Imagine hearing somebody say that, and you know that that's the last thing they ever said. Shalise, this has been so great. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Where can people find you online to stay in touch and follow your story? I have Instagram. It's your shameless Shalise. And you're planning on starting a podcast yourself. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? One of the reasons why I want to start my podcast is because I want to give myself more of a voice and I want to inspire others as well, but like teach as well, like educate. I want to bring these uncomfortable conversations to, like, the table. People don't really want to talk about. Like this, for example. I want that podcast that's just, like, honest and raw and, like, real, but, like, educational at the same time. And I just want my podcast to be a space where I can get individuals to be vulnerable about issues that we all face on a daily basis. 
And what's it going to be called? The name I have for right now is Shameless Conversations. And where does the name come from? I go by Shameless Shalise, and that just means, like, me being shameless and who I am and standing up for what I believe in and just being me and not really, like, caring what other people think about me or what other people's opinions of me are. It's just, like, being true to who I am as a person. Great. Thank you so much. I look forward to listening to it. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I hope it sparks conversation and change. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. That's all for this episode of The Other Side of Diversity podcast. Hope you've been inspired. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show or leave a review. It's the equivalent of supporting a small business owner. Love fully, live fully, and shine your beautiful light. Thank you.